Hey guys, what's up? It's Greg for this installment of Look City. We have two interviews from Eric Holmes. He interviews, he interviewed, that is, director Jason Eisner and actor Caleb McDonald. They work together on this new movie called Kids vs. Aliens. It is out on digital, on demand, and in theaters Friday, January 20th. And so I have not seen the movie, so I'm going to go off and tell you what the plot line is. Here's the thing that I love about it. It's 75 minutes. Eric Holmes actually did review it on the latest Cinematics episode. So check out our feed, our Cinematics podcast feed, for Eric's very quick mini-review of Kids vs. Aliens. I believe he rated it a quote-unquote three-star banger. Here, quote, here's the plot line for it. Quote, all Gary wants is to make awesome home movies with his best buds. All his older sister Samantha wants is to hang out with the cool kids. I believe, by the way, Kayla McDonald plays one of the cool kids. I I was reading a review of this movie Caleb McDonald plays the quote-unquote hot dude in the film. Anyways, when their parents head out of town one Halloween weekend, an all-time rager of a teen house party turns to terror when aliens attack, forcing the siblings to band together to survive the night. Again, that is Kids vs. Aliens, directed by Jason Eisner. You might know him for his film Hobo with a Shotgun. So if you like that aesthetic, you're going to probably like Kids vs. Aliens. I'm going to actually check out this movie as well over the weekend. And yeah, so... We have an interview with Jason Eisner and also an interview with Caleb McDonald. These will be two separate interviews. At the tail end of this episode, I have an interview with Jack Kilmer. You might have seen him in with The Nice Guys, Lords of Chaos. He also provided narration and was, I believe, an interviewee for the Val Kilmer documentary, Val. Obviously, Val Kilmer is his father. Very interesting resume for Jack Kilmer, he stars in this new movie called Detective Night Independence. I believe that's the name of the movie just saw it today. thought it was really interesting. He plays an EMT guy who has good intentions. He just wants to be part of the police force and everything. And just via circumstance, he turns, he starts off as a principled EMT worker who just wants to get in good with the officers. And he becomes a very corrupt criminal and amoral individual. And that is Detective Night Independence. It is headlined by Bruce Willis. Okay, this is, I believe, part of a Detective Night trilogy with Willis. But here's the thing. Here's the rub. The main actor in this movie is Jack Kilmer. So you actually get to see Detective Night Independence, not through the eyes of the detective, not not through the eyes of Bruce Willis's character, but through the eyes of Jack Kilmer's character, who, again, he is a very bad, bad human being in this movie. So that's a very interesting POV, which I thought director Edward, director and writer Edward Drake took for this project. Again, so this is an, so these are three interviews. You're going to get Jason Eisner, you're going to get Kayla McDonald, and finally, Jack Kilmer for these interviews. I've seen Detective Night Independence. I'm an Edward Drake fan. I saw Gasoline Alley about six, seven months ago, really enjoyed that film. And this is the second one I've seen of him. I, I, I've seen of his Detective Night Independence I'm going to put the caveat is, and I actually mentioned this to Edward Drake during the interview, that his movies get a, a ton of a ton of criticism from a lot of well, critics, quote-unquote critics, and bloggers and whatnot. I just, for some reason, his movies appeal to me, this Lionsgate type of sheen to it. I love the action thriller elements that he does, and I love the actors involved in his movies. I, like, for example, in Detective Night Independence, there is a like a seven to eight minute sequence with Dina Meyer and Bruce Willis. I love Dina Meyer. So, and Jack Hilmer is very good in this lead as well. So, anyways, that so it's going to be really interesting. We'd love to hear what you think of Detective Night Independence and Kids versus Aliens. Here are the three interviews 
back to back to back. We're going to have Jason Eisner, then we're going to have Caleb McDonald, and then finally, we will have Jack Kilmer. Also, lastly, I do another podcast. I'm still keeping the other podcasts alive, the Find Your Film podcast. Here's what's interesting, at least to me. Towards the end of the interview, I asked Jack Kilmer about what's one movie of his that he would like our listeners here, our Cinematics Universe listeners to check out, that he a movie that or project he feels is underrated or overlooked. He mentioned a movie called Josie. I have not seen this movie in a while. I remember, I actually gave it a good review. I remember, I think when it came out 2018 or something like that. Yeah, it came out 2018, stars Jack Kilmer, Sophie Turner, and Dylan McDermott. I remember enjoying this film, okay? It says here you can watch it on Prime Video, rent or buy for $2.99, and it's from Screen Media Films. But this would be an interesting movie to rewatch again, but he was talking about how he enjoyed I guess making that movie and he thought the movie was interesting in and of itself. I liked the movie back way back when, and it's something I need to rewatch again too. I remember liking Dylan McDermott a lot in the movie, thought he was pretty good, but I definitely need to rewatch it. Going back to physical media though, I wanted to mention that I bet like maybe, I think around a year ago, I got Josie on Blu-ray for a dollar when the Dollar Tree store was selling DVDs and Blu-rays for a dollar a piece. And there were a whole, there were a whole bunch of them. And I, I bought them. I bought like several and I think I gave it away to our cinematics Facebook group members or whatnot. I don't have a copy of Josie anymore. I believe these were all Blu-rays and I looked on Amazon and now these Blu-rays are like 13 or 14 bucks uh, gone up in price. So physical media is very important. I asked, I asked towards the end of the interview, I asked Jack Kilmer if he really loves collecting DVDs or Blu-rays or LPs, and you can hear his answer there. But Joe, it, this is the importance, in, and I, I, um, a broken record, so to speak. Blu-rays and DVDs, I, I hope you guys out there are curating your own collection because on an investment level, scooping up DVDs, having them sealed, and putting them off into a shelf may, may turn you a profit on eBay or whatnot. But most importantly, if you're a cinephile, a lot of these DVDs or Blu-rays actually go out of print and it's good to have them. And here, you, what you think at your local bargain bin store, whether it's Big Lots or, I don't know, I think Eric Holmes has this thing called Entertain Mart over in Colorado, Colorado Springs. And I, for me, I have the Dollar Tree store, Dollar Tree store. They're now $1.25 a, a disc. Don't think those bargain bin DVDs or Blu-rays are bargain bins because those movies suck. Tell me, you're going to find some really good gems there. And you might you, what you pick up for a dollar, a dollar fifty, maybe even three dollars, may either turn you a profit or more importantly, they'll be out of print. And when you're trying to save money on streaming services, you will have your own collection of movies to watch, like this movie Josie, which I now have to find and hunt down to see if I can get it for a dollar, dollar twenty. But most likely, I'm gonna have to go out to Amazon and purchase it for thirteen dollars. Or yeah. So, anyways, I'm gonna shut up again. Check out the interviews with Eric Holmes for those in it for kids versus aliens and my interview with jack kilmer for detective knight independent and just a reminder both kids versus aliens and detective knight independence are available are in theaters on demand and digital january 20th all right guys take care thanks again bye well i'm here with uh jason eisner uh director of kids versus aliens i just talked to uh kayla mcdonald and I meant to ask this, and I space it because I got the worst brains on the planet. <laughs> but you're here, so maybe I'll ask you. Yeah, um, I'll help you out. In uh, Kids vs. Aliens, his character's got a rose tattoo on his neck. And then there's a part where he's uh, in his 
I, I assume it's his car and he leans back and there's a rose decal. And I, I don't know, maybe there's other rose iconography spread throughout. What is the rose? <laughs> oh man. It's so funny. You mentioned that. Um, it's like, a, I like it's inspired by a couple people. I don't want to say who, but uh, there were just like some traits to, I thought the idea of somebody that would tattoo a rose uh, with thorns like that, because it's like, it's kind of represents like what Billy is like in, uh, in real life. And one of the inspirations that I gave Kalen while playing this villain, uh, was this TV show called Fuckboy Island, uh, which is like a reality show, uh, where guys like, and women spend this time on an Island and the women have to figure out like which one of these guys is a fuckboy or like a nice guy. And then you would watch guys on that, um, like just try to manipulate like so much and like when they were in front of uh, women and then when they were like by themselves behind the scenes, um, you could see like their real intentions and they were like bad guys. And so I thought the rose was like a good symbol of like, it looks sweet on the outside, but the thorns, you know, will, will get you once you uh, get close to it. So uh, it's so cool. You notice that cause it, it, those are the only two times it shows up. It's a, uh, the rose on his neck and then the the deck the, the decal on the car and that's the only thing we've added to the car uh i just i fell in love with that car and and uh we just i uh someone in, in the production design added that you know that decal but that's so cool you noticed <laughs> it, it, it's always fun uh uh like kind of adding and pointing out little details in movies yeah you guys do you have anything in like uh previous movies or maybe this one where like uh where it's like ah no one picked up on that yet like that it's so cool, but eventually someone's going to yeah. unearth the little gems. Yeah, I mean, there's like, so for this movie, Kids vs. Aliens, takes place within the same universe as our first feature film, Hobo with the Shotgun. Um, it's just, I say the events of Kids vs. Aliens take place before the events of Hobo with the Shotgun. And there are a couple things that like hint towards that. Like, you'll see, like, the there's a hospital scene and like the decals, like, on the on the walls uh say hope town uh hospital which is where hobo with a shotgun takes place and then uh in hobo there are these like two bounty hunters from hell called the plague and uh people were really into those characters um when they saw the movie and in kids versus aliens our main character samantha comes across like an ancient warrior a discarded ancient warrior's corpse on the ufo and the idea there was to make like another member of that bounty hunting uh, duo. Uh, but that's only for like, yeah, I guess like anyone who was a real big fan of Hobo with a Shotgun, they might might clue into it. But there's a couple other things, but those are two of my favorite favorite ones. Yeah, Caleb also mentioned how much fun he had on the set. And there's like an adage that I, I hear a lot of don't work with kids or animals. But anytime yeah. I talk with someone that works on a movie with kids they usually have a lot of fun so is that yeah. is that just a c- complete horse shit and is there any other movie adages that through time you're like yeah that's that's just not true <laughs> well i've seen directors who are not like good with kids and so the idea of like working with them like can be a nightmare and there's just some people who just don't have a hard time getting like on that level with kids but for me like I'm always trying to protect like the inner kid in me and I'm always reaching out to that kid inside me for ideas and, um, you know, verification of like something I'm doing is cool. So 
for me getting to work with kids it's like i feel like i'm working with people that uh are on the level that i am you know and uh and the only tough part is just working around the schedules that you have to um you know with kids and they can only shoot so many days obviously and and yet they have to be like homeschooled while you're shooting so you have to make sure every week they're you know they're getting their uh education in as well um but i really wanted like this movie to be such a fun experience for the kids like on the movie and you know i find like movie making can be like such a like i just get a lot of anxiety sometimes when i'm making a movie or i get scared and nervous cuz you know everyone's looking to you and and i just can't imagine like what it would be like for a kid so i i tried my best to make sure that you know the set was like a felt like a safe place for kids to just be themselves and have fun and 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 feel like they could bring ideas to us and and uh feel like those ideas would be welcome um so yeah yeah also uh speaking of uh uh kids um i don't think that episode's out yet but uh, uh we mentioned you on the last episode and i put my foot in my mouth saying you directed turbo kid which is no. I, I come to find out that's not the truth but you did produce it how, yes. how did that come about and what and kind of, and you also uh produce it produce and i believe directed some episode all the episodes of dark side of the ring yeah which i yes. just found and that that show was excellent Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, that's an, another passion project of mine that I've been working on for like past five or six years uh, is diving into the world of uh, wrestling. But Turbo Kid, um, like after I did Hobo with the Shotgun, I we what was it? We had a we had a short film contest for filmmakers to make a trailer for like a fake movie, kind of like how Hobo the Shotgun came about. Was we submitted a trailer for a contest that tarantino and robert rodriguez had for grindhouse and that ended up winning and through that we were able to like make our first feature film so the rkss crew the the, the gang that directed turbo kid made a short film for our contest called Tur- to you or no it was for it was a contest for abc's of death that's what it was uh which i also did a short film on and and they and we had a contest for people we left the t slot open for the abc's of death and they did rkss did one for t is for turbo kid and it was absolutely amazing and the producer of abc's of death and timson and i both had the same admiration for it and wanted to see those filmmakers make their first feature film and so we put together like a pitch and like a pitch reel and we took it to uh the Fantasia Film Festival film market, and uh, we pitched it to like a big room of producers and found people that were interested in making it. And yeah, we made that movie several years ago, and that was so fun. That was a a lot of fun to make. I love that film. Yeah, I, I also saw you did uh, uh did a bunch of editing on on uh, some of your other stuff, but uh, you also did uh, editing on uh, the sequel to Goon. Yeah, which, which I love that movie. How how that come about? Yeah, so funny enough, I met Jay Barishall because he loved Hobo with a Shotgun. He reached out to me over Twitter. And then I was working on a TV show called Trailer Park Boys. I was camera operating for that show. And he came on as a guest director. And when we met in person, we just were like brothers. Like, we just hit it off, like, so well. We just loved all the same things. And Jay had expressed to me that um, there was like a movie that he wanted me to make. And 
And uh, I couldn't at the time, or I told him, you know, that he should make it. And whenever he makes his first feature film, like I'll come and help him like do it. And, uh, and so he called me out on it and, uh, had me ask me if I would edit his, uh, his movie. And so, yeah, I spent nine months with Jay in his basement, like <laughs> cutting that movie <laughs> together. It was a monster of a movie to make. And, um, but I learned like so much from doing it, uh, and Jay is, you know, we're, we became so close, like through that experience. Um, yeah. He, and I learned so much from him. And it also says, uh, IMDb is to believe you have a in development, untitled underwater Jason Eisner <laughs> film. Yeah. It's, that's been up there for like so long. Um, I did this short film that you can see on YouTube called one last dive, which is a one minute horror movie short from the perspective of a search and rescue diver looking for the body of this like girl in a lake. And uh, that did really well. It went viral. And as soon as I made it, I got all these calls from studios asking for a pitch. And so I pitched, uh, it was uh, 20th Century Fox. I pitched them uh, an underwater haunted house movie. And um, they loved it and bought the idea. And then we wrote the script and then I think it was right after that, uh, they got uh, bought up by Disney. And then I just never heard from, like, the producers again. So <laughs> I doubt that will ever happen. It's too bad because, like, I've always wanted to make an underwater haunted house movie. And that, It would be fun. Yeah. Also, also, I guess uh, I'll end with this. Uh, my uh, co-host, Bruce, we have a What's in the Box segment. He has a box that people put a bunch of movies in. Either movies that are personal to you or maybe just a movie you like this week. It's like, I don't more people talk about that. You have a movie you would like to yeah. put in the box. Oh, well, I guess like a current movie I love is my favorite movie of 2022. And uh, it's called Athena and it's on Netflix and it's directed by Roman yes. Gavas. And uh, he's probably the best music video director like out there. And this is, I feel like, the film that we've, like, always wanted to see from him. And I just saw his, like, top ten list the other day of his favorite movies. And he had The Warriors on there, the 1979 Walter Hill movie. And that's also my, that's the top of my list. That's my favorite movie. And when I saw Athena, I felt like he made The Warriors of today, you know. And so I'm just surprised that that movie is not being talked about for every award there possibly is in filmmaking because that's the best movie of the year. That's the most cinematic, the most, um, like, I feel like if you're on a film set, like the crew is talking about Athena because it's like doing things that is pushing like the limits of, of filmmaking and doing things that like you just never seen before. And so, yeah, I just, I, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of it. The the winners, especially the opening yeah. one, is oh. just amazing. I was like, "How the hell they do that?" And I watched the I watched the uh, behind the scenes, yeah, same. and it was even more amazing how they how they were able to pull it off. I know it's so crazy. Uh, it's cool that they released that making of too on Netflix. Like it's it's like a forty five minute making of, and uh, I love good making ofs. Like that's one of the things that inspires me to make movies, <laughs> and uh, that's got yeah one of the coolest ones. Awesome. Well, um, is there any uh, plans for uh, Kids vs. Aliens Blu-ray or any physical media coming mm. out? Yeah, I believe there's going to be a Blu-ray possibly near the end of March. And uh, we also made like a 45-minute uh, making of documentary 
as well awesome. too for it. So, and I just recorded the commentary track for that. And so, yeah, that'll, that'll be coming out, I think near, near the end of March. Well, sweet. I, I could probably talk to you for hours, um, but oh, we're running out of time. So maybe we'll <laughs> talk again when the Blu-ray comes out, but yeah, I'd be down. I, I, I really loved your movie and uh, enjoyed talking to you. Thanks yeah. for uh, coming on. Uh, thanks so much, Eric. I appreciate it. How's it going? Oh, not bad. Um, I'm here with uh, Kayla McDonald, and I uh, saw the uh, Kids vs. Aliens, and that's a that that's a quite a fun movie. I think uh, kind of reminded me a lot of uh, Goonies in some ways, and yeah, Psycho Goreman in other ways. Um, what what brought you on to uh, Kids vs. Aliens? Yeah, just like you know, any any newish actor starting out just got an audition. Uh, it was luckily for something that I'm that was local. I live in Nova Scotia and it was shot in Nova Scotia. So yeah, auditioned and, and, uh, had a meeting with Jason and, and, you know, ended up booking the role. So yeah, it was great. Cause it's just down the road from where I live, about 20, 30 minutes, uh, Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. We shot in Dartmouth and fall river, uh, and at Jason's parents' house. So yeah, it was great. It was, it was, you know, a, a great timing, you know, for me with, I had a little bit of, uh, hesitancy just with school i was in school at the time at in university and i wasn't completely sure if i wanted to do the role uh just because i i wanted to graduate on time and i was a little behind in some classes just with work and stuff so yeah met with jason and he sold me on the film and and i knew i needed to do it what what uh what were you going to school for uh i go to school or i went to school um at mount allison university in in new brunswick canada and i took uh, a bachelor of science in aviation so it was like uh, pilot pilot licenses. Okay. So I have my private or commercial pilot license now, uh, and then like instrument rating and multi-engine rating. So got my. It was a four-year program, and now I'm going back to school. And what is it today? Wednesday or yeah, Wednesday. Oh, back oh, to school Monday. Yeah. Um. So um, had the with the pilot licenses. Uh, that's uh had, how how long do you got to train for that to be able to because i saw you had a youtube video and you you have some stuff of you flying on there how how long do you have to train for that before you can go up on your own yeah well i graduated with about 200 hours of flight time and that was able to get me all the ratings and licenses that i just mentioned but you know some people can do you know the same uh get the same licenses and ratings that i have they can do it in about a year if yeah. you're just if you're doing it banging it out you can do it in about a year, but for yeah. me, it took, um, four years of, you like four years of schooling, but three years of flight training. The first year is just university stuff. And then starting in your second year, you, you start to do the, the, the flights training. So it took me about three years. Yeah. Is that, is any of that going to, um, maybe kind of parlay into your acting or vice versa? Well, I, I, I don't know how acting helps flying, but, uh, no, uh I, 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 I could see in Top Gun three. And I, I, I'm so jealous when I went and saw that in theaters and I'm, I'm knowing that they're in actual planes was the coolest thing ever. So I'm like, like, I'd love to do that. Like it's so, and I don't usually get envious of like actors or, or, or people that much, but seeing that on the big screen, I was like, damn, like, I want to be in the back of an F-18. That's the coolest, like literally a dream. That's the coolest thing ever. So hopefully one day, you know, I could either, since the commercial pilot means that you can get paid to fly. So yeah. I could potentially fly for, you know, a movie or a fake fly. I don't need a license for that, but to really fly, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be really cool. That'd be great. Yeah. Also uh, regarding your, uh, regarding your uh, character in uh, uh, kids versus aliens, um, 
You're one of those characters you want to reach through the screen and choke the crap out of because your your character is such a, a asshole. Is, is there a bit of uh, I don't know what the word is. Schadenfreude is not the right word. That's the exact opposite word. But is, is there something about that? Like you get to you get to play. You don't come across as an asshole in real life, so I'm guessing <laughs> you get to release some of that through the the parts that you play. Yeah, no, it's great to. It's a good like uh, therapy. You know, you let all your anger out on set screaming at people but uh no i'd like to say that i'm not a bad guy like billy you know i work i've worked with a lot of people on that set that nova scotia is pretty tight-knit with the film community so a lot of those people are my friends you know behind the scenes a lot of the crew members and they've worked on plenty of other things with me and if i acted like that i don't think i'd be working in nova scotia anymore so um but no it was great to you know kind of play that character and to to just kind of let things out that, you know, maybe you're holding up inside of you for a little bit. You just, you know, yeah. it's like screen therapy, like in the woods. The Also your co-stars are pretty young. How, like how, how does that go behind the scenes? Like uh, you guys got to like talk a lot, go look, we're, you know, it, this is fine. Or, or do they just know what time it is and just go for it? It depended on the day because they're, you know, I don't, I forget how old they were. The, the young, the Dominic Asher and Ben, but, when you get three kids that age together it's you know they want to just do other things and play you know in the corner you know get a little bit rowdy but uh when the when the cameras were rolling like they were like bang on they were so good it was tough sometimes too because at that age i think even phoebe was at this age where if you're under a certain age you need to get x i forget the amount of hours but x amount of schooling per day so you could only be on set for a certain amount of, of time so sometimes they would be just taking you know, if we're setting up a shot, they would take them away to get tutoring for a couple hours. And that was a little, that was a little tough. I know on Jason crew members and kind of keeping the momentum in scenes, but you know, when the cameras were rolling, they were bang on. They were brilliant to work with really professional. They were good. Yeah. I also saw you did uh, some work on trailer park boys and I believe uh, the uh, director Jason Eisner worked on trailer park boys. Do you guys work on, get to work on that together previously? I don't think we worked together. No, that was, I did a couple days on that show. I forget. I think it was 2018 or 2017. Did a couple days on that show. Um, just really quick days. Like it was one of my first roles that I ever booked. Um, lucky to, you know, lucky to book it. And, and, and uh, no, it was a great, it was a great learning experience. Got to work with cool, some cool people uh, from the show. Uh, yeah. It was great. Like foot in the door to, to start, uh, to start this career. And uh, yeah, it was, yeah, every experience. I remember. I remember those two days vividly. I remember when I was starting acting. Every single day, I'd be on set. I'd like remember the whole day because of how like amazing, like how fun, how much fun I was having, and how much I wanted to do it again. I was like remember the whole day and like just be like fingers crossed, like I can book another role. So thankfully, I've been you know been fortunate enough to to book some some work since then. So, but yeah, it was a great. It was a great foot in the door. It was a really classic Nova Scotian TV yeah. show. Yeah. What 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 got you into acting to begin with? My parents are in the film industry and I've kind of been around it forever. So being on my dad's a camera operator. So being on set with him, he, you know, he would invite it, you know, the family to come hang out on set for a bit and just seeing how everything worked and like the mystery behind it all. And, and, you know, I just, I was just kind of like, I just kind of thought it was the cool, like super, super cool just being on film sets and making, making art, making films, making TV shows was super cool. And I think just acting just piqued my interest. So when I was like 13 or 14, I asked my parents, can I do some acting classes, maybe get into this? I think it'd be fun. And they were all for it. And 
started started doing some acting classes and was lucky enough to book some work in in the area and kind of kept going from there. That's fun. Do you, do you have yeah. any uh, ambitions to do anything else in film? Like uh, you said, your dad's a cameraman. Like anything like that, or maybe writing or editing or anything. I've like that? I've done um, some work in the past few years behind the scenes. You know, as sometimes the acting gigs aren't coming along very much. And I loved, you know, I, I like working in film. So I was doing a little bit of behind the scenes stuff, like, but I really am. I really like acting. It's I, I, I love it a lot. And I, I'm interested in directing maybe down the, down the line, making something on my own with, with my friends, but I'm just, I'm just so interested in acting. I think it's just so fun. And so such a nice creative outlet for me to kind of get away and, and, and do something and, and portray a character is just, it just piques my interest a lot. I'm not really sure why it's hard to, I've thought about that a lot, like kind of why, why do I like things? Why do people just enjoy things and in general, and it's just hard to kind of explain why I like acting so much, just playing pretend maybe as a kid a lot or something like that. But yeah, it's just passion. And I just love it a lot. Yeah. What, what's So what's one of your favorite roles that you've done so far? Like, uh, have you got any roles that you really got the kind of stretch and are there any roles? It's like, Oh, I would love to play this kind of role someday. I think, well, for the roles that I've played so far, each of them have had like different lessons that I've learned from it. So kids resilience was like one of the most fun I've had on set, you know, because of the set environment, you know, Jason made it so amazing. So, so energetic all the time. Uh, when I did, I did a few days on umbrella Academy and that was great to kind of learn how, you know, bigger sets work with a bigger crew and a bigger cast and and in a different city. That was out in Ontario and Toronto. Um, and there's another show that I work on, Moonshine, that, you know, working with a, a amazing cast and amazing crew, you know, how that can change, you know, your day-to-day filming experience and just working in general. But uh yeah, I just I I'm grateful for any opportunity that comes my way and i'm open what i liked about kids versus aliens that it was so different from the things that i've worked on in the past so any opportunities that i get in the future i i, I love to just expand my you know my 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 resume and and play different characters that i haven't played before it's, it's really it's very interesting to me yeah well that's fun um yeah. i'm uh looks like we got to wrap up but uh i do want to end um my co-host bruce has a we have a segment called what's in the box and bruce has a box and in that box is a bunch of different movies that people put in i would like you to put a movie in this box and they're usually movies that either maybe it's a movie that's personal to you or a movie that you like or maybe just a movie that's like you know what this movie is really good and no one talks about it i wish more people would see it Ooh. I always try to think of movies and I always have trouble. I'll do a, I'll do a one that I usually do. It's a little basic. The dark Knight. I really like that movie, but the reason I do is because uh, when we were kids, we would drive about two and a half hours to my grandparents' house or wherever we would be going. And in the back of my dad's truck, he had one of those like flip down uh, movie screens in the back. So we'd sit okay. back there with our headphones on and, pop a movie and we only had a few you know a couple different animated movies and eventually we had the dark night i don't know how old we were but must have been over nine nine or ten but we watched that like so many times and i couldn't even really understand some of it because it was just it's a christopher nolan movie 
time jumpy and a little bit weird. Yeah. But, you know, just the performances I thought were so, so, so good, especially obviously Heath Ledger. He was great. But yeah, that's just a movie that I've just like loved so much. And I just it's just ingrained in me because I've watched it so many times. And I just grew up watching it. So I don't know if that's our, it, I feel like that might have already been in the box, though. Um, no, I, I I don't believe it's in the box. Surprisingly okay. enough, I know it's a little bit, a little, little, not or a little, not, uh, not too niche, but that'll I be mean, my that, it, it, It's personal to you, not to everybody else. Yeah. It's personal to you, and that's that's kind of the point of it. But I cool. uh, uh, thank you, Caitlin, for joining me today, and you've yeah, been no you. fun. And I really enjoyed the movie, and hopefully, everyone gets to go see Great, it. Great, thank you. Okay, thank thank you so much. I'm going to I'm going to start from the top. So what was it like? You actually let's amend this. You ha- did not have 48 hours like Edward Drake said. You had 24. So what was that like? Yes. <laughs> yes. Edward Drake is incorrect. It was 24 hours. I had noticed for this movie and um, it was, uh, yeah, kind of a dream combination of, you know, getting a call. First of all, getting a call saying we want you to star in a movie with Bruce Willis. Can you be on a plane? And I said, 100 percent. Absolutely. Um. It's going to be shot in eight days. Okay, well, I don't know if that's possible, but I am with you guys. I'm committed. I'm here for the ride. And um, and let's get to work. And then um, Edward Drake was super generous with, like, the little time that he had, you know, sitting down with me, going going through the character and coming up with a guy that we both felt like was true to us and what we – and our vision for this project – we we were really blessed to have Mr. Bruce Willis be, you know, he comes through with the action star stuff and he is so good at that. And he is, he's just such a, an all timer. So we knew he would crush it in that department. And for me, it was like trying to figure out who this anti-hero character is. And, and um, I got to sit down with, a real EMT and and talk through some of the mechanics of of that and what it was like to work on the ambulance and what it's like to just be on a 24 hour clock and not be sleeping and all that. And, um, and yeah, you know, it's, it's, it goes to show that you, you know, you'll make time for it if you want to do the work and, and do, do the movie, you can, you can do it no matter what, you know, well, can you also speak to the fact that I, I really enjoyed um, that the movie takes you mentioned antihero. Okay, it takes the POV of your character throughout most of the narrative. Can you? I yeah. mean, obviously you had a, a day to you know a day before, but was that an attraction for you? The fact that this story go this genre story goes a completely different way. Yes, it was an attraction for me, and it came to my attention that a lot of franchise movies and a lot of super, a lot of these action movies are they don't take that that perspective of the end of the anti-hero of the underdog who, you know, like the Joker snaps at, at some point and, um, and, you know, has to be accountable for her, his or her actions and, um, and becomes the villain, you know? And um, so, yeah, like the Joker was really on my mind and, and movies like taxi driver and a lot of these American themes you know, about independence and just how can you be the best American you can possibly be and be successful and um, and then create a character that people could could relate to, like a working class character that um, 
that um, probably could have been all right had you had the right, had he maybe stayed off the internet a little bit <laughs> and some of those rabbit rabbit holes that you, people can go down nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. You know, speaking of rabbit hole, I was, uh, Edward uh, took me to task because I told him, he said, well, I'm a, I'm a huge, he was saying he's, he's a huge fan of the nice guys. And I, and I apologize. I still hadn't seen it and he's still yeah. taken, he took me to task for it. But what is, what has your acting journey been like? Because it seems for me from an outsider's point of view that you're very selective on the movies that you, you choose, like, you know, Lords of Chaos and like the aforementioned nice guys. And now this, are you selective? What's your acting journey been like the last maybe five or six years? Because you have very, very, intimate personal projects as part of your your resume along with your music of course so yeah totally yeah it's it's interesting it's like i i try not to be selective although i think you know your taste is an asset as an artist i do i try to just be open and i love to work and so um but for some reason yeah the nature of like my career and how it's gone is is very like it's stuff that comes about, it tends to come about in, um, you know, in unusual ways or in ways that are, um, yeah, I think, I think maybe what I'm trying to say is that when you're really interested in a project and the energy you bring to it, when you really are passionate about it and interested in it tends to make for more successful projects. So the people, the things that people have seen of my work are things that are, you know, oftentimes came together with friends or, um, you know, just projects that everyone's really passionate about. And, um, and I like to kind of keep it in that, in that space. That's where I thrive. That's where I'm most successful is just, you know, coming from a music background and a DIY music scene. How can we, we, you know, we have this thing, we have this project we're doing. How can we like be creative and and make it happen. And I try to just see it all as, as that, you know, it's just like a, you know, they're all kind of creative project. It's someone's dream that we're trying to make come to life. And, and so that's how I kind of, I, I don't really know how to answer that because I just like to keep it. I like to keep it in that creative fun space, you know, like David Lynch talks a lot about that, about just, just being uncompromising and keep, and being inspired all the time. And um, that's how I like to keep it. And but I'm so open to a lot of people think I'm like this indie, indie guy or like super selective. But I I would do any I'll do anything. Like a, you know, I'm like I just have that in common with a, a lot of actors that I I just love to work. And um, yeah, but it you know if it's something that I also am interested in, then that's a plus too. You know, that's a bonus. Is that why you sort of locked in with Edward? Because there's a D I was thinking of DIY when you're answering the question, because he has sort of an aesthetic where, you know, obviously 24 hours, you have eight days to shoot. He's writing his own script. I mean, he's, he's indie within a, within a budget with a really good ensemble. Did you feel that sort of connection with him and the fact how he creates in his own uh, respective art? Yeah, totally. Like we were very conscious that we were doing like a franchise movie with action sequences, but we also really wanted to bring some really cool raw elements to, to it that, that, you know, you see in a lot of indie films, like, you know, bad Lieutenant or, or something like that, where we, you know, we, and, and we're both film buffs and we're both, um, you know, come from independent cinema and we're like, we're like, yeah, we can do interesting things with this role. We don't have just have to do the Lionsgate, format for uh this franchise 
And that was really fun to talk to him about that. And um, maybe, yeah, maybe a perspective that we both shared, you know, coming from doing like indies and stuff like that. Yeah. Jack, my final and question play- to you. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, sorry. Yeah. My final question to you is uh, two, a two-parter. First off, can you name one of your all-time favorite movies? And what is it about this film that still resonates with you? And the B part of that question is, can you pick a project from your own acting resume that you would like our listeners to check out, a project that you feel along with this movie that maybe your past resume that you feel is maybe overlooked, underrated, that or personal that you want us to check out? So those two. Yeah, totally. Let me think. Um, I'm always bad at the the question of what what's one of your favorite movies because there's so many. Um, let's see. God, I'm not. I'm not, I kind of put on the spot with that question. Um, I will say that one of a movie that I think maybe have been has been overlooked and it's one of my favorite performances is this movie called Josie with um, Sophie Turner and Dylan McDermott. And we shot it, you know, four years ago or, or so. And, um, and I, I watched it and it was like, yeah, it was, um, I, I really liked my performance in it, which is rare for me, but it's, you know, I was playing this like whole, I had this whole character of this like guy from the South that was kind of, you know, trailer trash you could say and um and and dylan mcdermott is such a cool meth like method actor and we we really looking back we really got into it on that movie and we really like you know we were really going for it and anyway that's the one it's called josie and you can you know stream it or whatever i I love that film that's a great i i think that's totally overlooked really well done uh three-hander pretty much really unset in motel if i recall it really memorable film Sophie Turner's like first movie or something. Oh no, she obviously is already a legend, but she hadn't done like a ton of just mo- like ninety-minute movies before. So she was really brought this whole c- cool thing to it, and it's really talented. So, and as you're leaving, you know, physical media. I'm a huge DVD and Blu-ray Blu-ray guy. I'm wondering yes. for you, are you a collector of physical media, and especially with you, you and music? Maybe if it's not Blu-ray or DVD, or it might be LPs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Do you still see a value in having physical product as opposed to stuff that's you know with respect streaming on Spotify or Netflix or you know all that kind of stuff, the digital? A hundred percent. Yeah, like I have a ton of records behind me, and um. I'm always like obsessing over collecting old records and, and, um, and DVDs um, too has been something I'm collecting these days, like stuff like out of the, like Dennis Hopper's like out of the blue, you can't find copies of that um, anywhere. And so if you can get one on eBay or a friend gives it to you, it's really special. And it's a, such a different, you know, I'm lucky enough to be on the cusp of that Gen Z generation where like i i you know we had a huge vhs collection growing up and dv and then transition to dvd and cd and um and it, i still you know when i get i get that excitement when i was a kid when i get that like record or like cd or something or D, even dvd and i mean this is mine you know i can yeah. I, and i can re i can re-watch it because i yeah. you know my dad and i would watch re-watch movies all the time like anchorman or sexy beast or something we just like watch those movies like run those movies 
Jack, really enjoyed this film. Thank you so much for your time. And dude, I, I still have not seen, I interviewed Hopper so many times during my career and I still haven't seen Out of the Blue. I can't wait to see Out of the Blue. And it's, it, it's, it's, it's probably one of a, a really great film. I think, who's the lead actress? Lead, Linda Manns or something? But just Linda a great Manns. movie. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's great music in that too. Neil Young. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, Rick.